Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is sponsored in honor of his wife, Bryce, and their baby daughter, Millie Malka, sponsored by Yosef Hermon. Uh, we're missing you today, even though you're normally right here uh, sitting next to me. Uh, so we still feel your presence by uh, donating the breakfast to Baruch Yosef. Okay. Rabotai, this week is the very first time that we find in the Torah the obligation that a person has with regards to keeping kosher, to making sure that they're not eating uh, incorrect, uh, you know, birds that are that are tameh uh, or animals that are, you know, that are tameh. And the pasuk goes through considerable difficulty to uh, list and elucidate all the various animals or bugs or whatever that a person is obligated to protect themselves from eating. And in fact, the Gemara is doresh on the word v'nitme'etem bam. The word v'nitme'etem means and you will become impure bam by eating them. V'nitme'etem says the Gemara, you should read it, v'nitamtem, and you will become stopped up. Your hearts will become stopped up. This is the only misvah that the actual isur, the thing that you are doing, becomes a part of who you are. If you think about that, non-kosher food, as you eat the food, as you chew it, it becomes part of your muscles, of your sinews, of your blood flow. And uh, this avon, this mistake, this avera, it actually becomes very, very much a part of your physical existence. Therefore, the Torah says that a person has an obligation to go to great lengths to ensure that they are, uh, that they keep, uh, that they keep kosher. Now, Rabotai, I want to share with you one last thing, which to me really speaks to the heart of the matter. At the end of the parasha, it discusses to divide and differentiate between that which is impure and which is pure. Between the animal that you can eat and the animal that you can't eat. And then the parasha continues in the next week's parasha. So these two pesukim are connected and it says, When a woman becomes pregnant and she gives birth to a child. Says the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the Gemara that the reason why these two things are connected is because that which will decide the nature of the child is the way and the foods that the parents eat. And I remember the first time I learned this, that if a parent, a mother eats non-kosher or eats kosher, could have an influence on the baby. And I remember the first time I was teaching it and a mother came up to me afterwards and she was very, very upset. She said, how could you say such a thing? How could you say that if a parent doesn't eat kosher, then it affects the child? What do you mean? You know, my mother didn't grow up religious and she's giving me this whole, you know, and I thought to myself, you know what, she's right. How could you blame the child? How could you affect the child just because uh, the mother's decided to eat non-kosher? Surely uh, an avon that affects a person can only be one that a person has had some free will choice to be able to engage in or not. How could it be that God would allow for such a reality to exist? And the answer actually struck me. Vinitamtem, which means that you will become impure, says the pasuk, says the Gemara, Vinitamtem, read it, Vinitamtem, and you will become stopped up. You see, we relate, and I've said this so many times before in different ways, we relate to misvot and averot and the reward and punishment that follows them as being two separate things. But actually, the word Vinitamtem itself is the Vinitamtem, is the word Vinitamtem. The very act itself of becoming impure is the act of being stopped up. There's no one that asks when a mother is taking drugs on cocaine or a mother is a, a, an alcohol addict. 
How come the baby has to suffer and is born with an alcohol addiction? Well, the baby, literally, this is the case. You have heroin addicts, unfortunately, barmenan, that give birth to babies. You know what? The, one of the first things they do to the baby when the baby is born, to a heroin addict mother, they give the baby heroin. The baby, it can't, it's an, it's an addict. It doesn't have a choice. It's an addict. It has needs. The baby, if it doesn't get it, will suffer the withdrawal symptoms. It's not strong enough to suffer those withdrawal symptoms. So they give the baby drugs to wean it off slowly from the drugs that the mother was taking. So nobody asks, how come the baby is a drug addict? The answer is because the baby was a part of the mother. It was literally part of the mother's, in fact, the Lashon of the Gemara is Ubar Yerech Imo, a child in the, in the, mother, in the mother's stomach. Yerech Imo, it's like one of the mother's limbs. It's literally growing in her belly. Everything that she eats, it feeds that baby. So what do you think is going to happen to the baby if the mother's a heroin addict? Says the Gemara, what do you think is going to happen if the baby is born to a mother and she's not eating kosher? It's just the reality that that is what is feeding her limbs. It's what is feeding the child limbs as well. So it's important, number one, for a person to understand that the reality is if we're trying to live a spiritual life, so then the foods that we eat, they have their physical elements, but they also have their spiritual sides. And that is true both, Litav, for the good and also, unfortunately, for the not so good. So once upon a time, Rabotai, this was a very easy, uh, this was a very easy uh, situation. Why? All you had to do was make sure you were putting kosher food in your mouth. You only ate uh, chicken. You only ate uh, this item. You didn't put a piece of ham in your mouth. You were okay. Unfortunately, today, in order to be able to understand your average food product, you need to have a degree uh, from a university in chemical and molecular biology. If you don't know what magnesium stearate is, right? You don't know that that's made out of the out of non-kosher. Many times made out of non-kosher animals. If you don't know that gelatin is what's it called is made out of uh, uh, is made out of non-kosher animals, then you just see a little candy. Who in their right mind you see a, a jelly bean? Are you going to think that this is made out of crushed up bones of an animal? But that's how they make gelatin today. Who thinks that you see a red lollipop, looks just like the red lollipop the rabbi used to give you in the synagogue when you went to synagogue on Shabbat morning, right, or Sammy, right? And you had this red lollipop and you don't realize that it has what's called E122, which is a red coloring which is made out of the, ex the extract from beetles. This is where we are today in our world. And by the way, a lot of times, it's for the color. It's not the food. It's for the color, or it's the preservative, or it's, uh, it's something else that we're trying to have in order to be able to uh, achieve some sort of unrealistic perfection in the food that we eat. So there are so many things like this that we're not aware of, that you have juices, that in order to have the juice run through the machines, they'll put, uh, it, you know, instead of glycerin, they, may, they can use lard, which is made literally out of pigs. You never would think that you're drinking apple juice and you're eating a pig. But unfortunately, in the world today, if you're not careful, then that's what happens. And Rabotai, I think there was once a time where we were very, very careful as a community. Everyone understood, if it doesn't have a symbol, it doesn't go in my mouth. Chalas, simple as. I don't make things up, I don't read the ingredients for myself. Doesn't have an OU. Now, if you lived in England where I used to live, and Miguel, my friend here, lives uh, now, so it's very difficult because of the, the, the nature of the size of the community is such that not every object has a, a kosher symbol. But ask English people who come to America 
and they go to a supermarket. They're like children in a candy show, in a candy store. Because everything in the store is practically kosher. If you walk up and down the aisles, things that you never even looked at, you turn them up on the other side, you see there's an OU or a Chafke or a Batich K or something K on the back, and a lot of times it's kosher already. There's so much, so many options. Rabutai, in our world today, we don't have to rely on heterim. We don't have to rely on reading ingredients, on supposing that something's kosher, and God forbid putting something in our mouth, which is not okay. Rabutai, I want to read you one line. It's a very special line from the words of the Ramchal. The Ramchal says, Vihineh, and behold, kodkodo. person who has a brain uh, in his skull. Yachshov he'll consider something which is a forbidden food to eat. For foods that are poisonous. Or a food that has something poisonous mixed into it. Could you imagine someone saying, Look, uh, I see the guy, he's putting a poison in all the foods, and you know, I'm going to eat anyway. What are the odds? I remember there was a time when you had crazy people, they were putting shards of glass into objects on the shelves. I don't know if you remember this, right? And there was a warning. Or someone says, the water's contaminated. For the next two days, we're going to boil the water. Which dib at home says, ah, who cares about it? You know, I'll, I'll probably be fine. You listen to it. The other week, there was a thing about lettuce. Do you remember that lettuce? They recalled all the lettuce in all the stores. Not a person. Shema Israel. They brought you, what's it called? They brought you a sandwich, had lettuce. You're like, ah! Like you just saw a gremlin. Okay? Because you're so scared. What happens if E. coli? Well, you know, we don't know what it is. So we're very, very careful. Says Ramchal, you know, in the same way that there are things that are immediately evident their result, there's also things. You mean you look at the lettuce, what do you say? I don't see, you know, could anyone say that? You pick up the E. coli lettuce, you're like, oh, it looks clean. I'm going to eat it. Nobody says that because you can't see the bacteria. Rabbi in today's market, you cannot see with your eyes whether something is kosher or not. Yet people, unfortunately, today in the community, they don't know. I, I, don't, I think everyone in this community is amazing. We really try our best. I'm not even joking. We do our best to buy things that are kosher. We, you know, we order kosher food and deliver it from the house. But if you don't know, if you don't know, how are you putting that in your mouth? And you know, it's so easy today. You bought mazin from this person with no hashkacha, or you know what? Hashkacha, that is not really hashkacha. Literally, the word hashkacha means that someone is watching. If nobody is watching, they don't visit the house, that's not a hashkacha, I'm sorry. So you know what? You didn't order mazin from this person? There's 74 other people with hashkacha. So what? It's, it's, you know, it rates on your lachmajina meter one tiny pine nut less than the other lachmajina. It's okay. You know, it's okay. I promise you nothing will happen to you. It's a shame that in our world today it's considered misirut nefesh if you didn't order exactly the mazin you wanted from exactly the person you wanted. Nothing's going to happen. The other kibbeh is going to be also just as fine for you at, that has the proper hashkacha that was done in the right way. Rabbi Otay, I want to share with you one unbelievable story. The Vilna Gaon. The Vilna Gaon was a young rabbi in Vilna, but he was a genius from the time that he was a child. And what was amazing was that uh, he was approached one week right before Shabbat with a question. A guy, a kid came and he said, my mother sent me to ask this question. I'm not sure if this is kosher. Look at this chicken. We mixed it in a food. We mixed it in a dish. Is the, is the dish kosher? The Vilnagaon looks at it. It's almost Shabbat. He doesn't really have time. He's not the rabbi of the community. Normally they would go ask the rabbi, but they're right here. It's right. He looks at it. He says, Asur. The kid goes back home. The kid comes in, says the Vilnagaon said it's Asur. 
coming from the other side is a, a man whose name was Reb Chaim, sorry, another, the, the rabbi of the city, um, where she sent the other kid because she didn't know if the kid would get to the Vilna Gaon. The rabbi of the city, his name was um, Rav, Shmu, uh, Rav Shmuel. So the kid comes and he says, Rav Shmuel said it's Mutar. Now the mother has one kid that says Mutar, one kid says Asur. She says, I don't know what to do. Sends the kid back to Rav Shmuel to say that the Vilna Gaon said it's Asur. Are you sure it's Mutar? Shmuel, Rav Shmuel said, that's what the Vilna Gaon said. I'm the rabbi of this town. Ain't enough room in this town for the both of us, right? It was the okay corral of the rabbis. Rav Shmuel puts on his coat, walks across to the Vilna Gaon's house. He says, I am like dust under your feet. You know more Torah than I'll ever know in my whole life. But I'm the rabbi of the town. And if people know or learn that they can't trust my Piskei Halacha, because when I said something, Vilna Gaon argues, then automatically I've lost any ability to lead the town and to teach and to inspire and, and to, be, to be the rabbi. I beg of you, he says, please, tonight, I want you to come with me together, like the Mishnah and Rosh Hashanah. Come with me together, we're going to go to the house, and we're together going to eat from this dish that the woman made in order to establish my authority as the rabbi. Could you imagine this? The Vilna Gaon says, okay. The rabbi says to the kid, go back home, tell your mother, put the thing on the fire, get the party started. The rabbi of the town and the Vilna Gaon are coming to eat from this dish. And this way the people will know and he'll show everybody that he's the rabbi of the town and you can trust his, his halachot. The Vilna Gaon walks in, the, the, the uh, Rav Shimuel walks in, they sit down at the table. As the woman is bringing the dish to uh, the, the Vilna Gaon, she puts it down in front of him. The candelabra that's sitting on top of them, which has candles made out of paraffin, right? All of a sudden it tilts and it drips all the, the what's it called, the paraffin into the soup into the tafshil. Now it's impossible to eat, right? Can't eat it. Vilna Gaon says, I'm really sorry. The woman says, no, has of course not. But here was HaKadosh Baruch Hu protecting the Vilna Gaon from eating something that even though he agreed to come back and say, Hashem says, no, no, this is not okay for you. You're not going to eat it. We learn from this number one, Rabotai, we learn from this number one, that when a person attempts to keep kosher, and sometimes you make a mistake, if a person tries all the time, Hashem will protect you from eating uh, something which is not correct, like the Vilna Gaon. That's number one. Number two, and I always love this part of the story, the minute the paraffin fell in it, what does everybody say? No, no, Hashem, don't eat it. What did the Ramhal just teach us? How should you look at it if it's a question of it's taref or not? It should be the same as if this poison might have fallen in it. I'm not going to eat it because just in case. Maybe you could pick around the paraffin. Maybe eat only this meatball from the kibahamda and not that meatball. Because I think this one was a little further away from the poison. Nobody does that. Hashem should bless us, Rabotai. Bezat Hashem, that we should be saved from this thing. When we go out to eat, we go out to eat only in kosher restaurants. I don't care if you're eating a salad, you're eating whatever you're going to eat. Even the salad itself, Rabotai, if they're not checking the lettuce, there's bugs in the lettuce, chas v'shalom, I eat a single bug, it's more than eating taref, 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 six isurim in the Torah, okay? For one bug, for one sheret, it's this week's parasha. Let's strengthen ourselves, everyone, according to their level, to try and take one more level, one more step towards keeping a kosher home and towards when we go out to eat as well, eating kosher places. We live in Manhattan. We don't live in Zimbabwe. You can't throw a rock in the city without hitting a kosher place. May Hashem bless us to have delicious and kosher, wonderful establishments. And Be'ezat Hashem that we should be zokhir to eat only uh, the foods that are spiritual medicine for our souls. Baruch Adonai